It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 607 on a Saturday morning, broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery Toco Hill, and we will be here until until 9 o'clock this morning. This is going to be a great Saturday morning, our first remote broadcast of the season, and there's no better place to do it than to come to Pike Nursery. And I should say we actually went to the fall home show a couple of weeks ago. That was the first inside broadcast, but this is the outside broadcast where you're surrounded by beautiful plants. My chrysanthemums and pansies, pansies on sale. You heard that a few minutes <clears throat> a few minutes ago. Ninety-seven cents for three and a half inch pots. We got the big patio mums on sale for fourteen. Is it fourteen ninety-seven, Mickey Gasway? Fourteen ninety-seven for patio mums. We got all sorts 19. of other plants that are here as well. If you want to come to the broadcast, then this would be a great Saturday to come and get your questions answered by. Mickey Gasaway, by myself, if you bring plants with pictures, if you bring your cell phone or just photographs or baggies with weeds in them or bugs or something like that, then you can bring those by. It's one of the advantages of doing a live broadcast is you get to bring things in, unlike doing a studio show where you can't really get through security. So if you want to come by, Pike Nursery, Togo Hill, North Druid Hills at La Vista Road, then you may come by and see us attend the broadcast, and as an added extra attraction, we have food. And in just a little while, about 30, 40 minutes, we'll have the food from Chick-fil-A. We'll have some Chick-fil-A biscuits and coffee. And we'll also have giveaways today. And the giveaways are only open to people who attend the broadcast. We'll have giveaway for a one-night stay at Chateau Alain. We'll have a big pike gift bag packed with pre-emergent and flowers and some other stuff in it that you'll get to register for when is to win as well, but only people who come to the broadcast are able to register for that. Our phone number is 404-872-0750 if you have a garden question and can't quite make it over to the Pike Nursery in Toco Hill. And I did not really, really welcome my friend Mickey Gasway, but Mickey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. <laughs> okay, good. It's a little nippy outside, <laughs> yeah, but we both bit. have our warm clothes on and we're fine. And uh, this I is told Stan not to wear shorts, but he did anyway. Stand right to the truck and turn on the truck and get your little ankles. <laughs> get your poor little ankles uh, uh, warm there because, I, I don't know, wintertime is nice to look forward to, but then when you get into the actual practicality of wintertime, sometimes you need your long pants and your socks and yeah, your shoes right. and everything else. And my neighbor Carl has been complaining bitterly, bitterly Carl has been complaining for the past three months probably it's so hot just so hot he's from uh pennsylvania yeah. from the Berkshires, mm-hmm. and so he is so hot down here and then he came over yesterday where it was a little cool in the morning he said, oh it's so cold we're never oh, satisfied God, none of us are ever here. satisfied exactly <laughs> i started out yesterday morning planting pansies and i started <laughs> out in a sweatshirt and long right, pants and right. I ended up in shorts and a t-shirt i started out planting an anemone and stopped planting that anemone when i hit the soil the soil was so hard mickey really i was disappointed was it's it an, one of the japanese anemones yeah yes yeah, and it's a new place that i haven't planted anything yeah. before so you would 
sort of anticipate that it was going to be yeah. hard and dry there but man i was not prepared for how how hard it was and i thought well do i need a pickaxe and i thought <laughs> my back does not need a pickaxe so uh i don't know what i'm going to do i'll probably wait i'll go out there maybe water it a couple oh you times didn't get it planted it then no it stopped uh, i'll water it in the pot and wait for it to rain or Put some water and a hose out there to soften the soil, maybe, and that's what I'll do. I'll certainly soften it up before I plant that poor anemone, because it would not be happy where it is. Not at all. Let's go to the phones. We've already got people lined up right now. We've got people lined up here at Pike Nursery as well. If you want to visit again, Pike Nursery, Toco Hills. And our first caller of the morning, our friend Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Well, let's get that bump on here. Nope. Not doing the connection. It would need somebody back in the station to connect. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeve. Ms. Nicole, how are you? Fine, fine. Hi, Mickey. How are you doing? Hey, Nicole, how are you? Fine, fine. I'll water my square for a whole week before I can put some seed in the ground. And <laughs> my seed, in three days, they were up. My seed. Other wow. people's seed take seven, ten days. What were you? What were you planting, Nicole? Well, radishes and seeds, you know, for right. for next spring. Right. Good. And I planted uh, um, Swiss chard from seed the uh, night before last, I guess, in a bed that I keep on the on the patio that is um, about three feet high. So the bed is on legs and it's on the patio, and I grow chard there next to the kitchen. And uh, so I planted the chard seed. And the soil that was in the bed was really, really dry. And so I planted the seed in little rows, of course, and then I watered each row real good. And then I put newspaper over the top, thinking the newspaper would keep the moisture in the soil so those little seeds didn't dry out. I planted um, turnip greens yeah. and collards from seeds this year. And they, they both, turnip greens come right up. Yeah, but yeah. the collards, in just a few days, came up, and too. And they came up, too. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. And you watered the soil? I watered, was, yeah. Okay. Good. Mr. Reeve, I read in the paper that uh, Georgia is the third state for production of fruit. Fruit total or fruit in one particular fruit? You're talking about? Total, total. It's probably well, it good. could be because if you combine peaches and blueberries, that's certainly their big, two big crops, blueberries being the biggest one. And uh, what other fruits do we produce? Apples, mm, apples, apples, of yeah. course. Thank yeah. you. Apples, Hello. apples in North Georgia. People in LJ and and all would be anything else. Any other fruits we've produced? blueberries are the one I always yeah. think of. That's the first one I think of. Grapes mm, to some yeah, extent. So. Yeah, muscadines. The pop folks down in South Georgia make a lot of muscadines down there. Can you think of any other fruits, Nicole? Well, um, UGA, good UGA of us. Uh, they had a trial for 130 different kind of peaches, graph right. and everything. But anyway, it's here in the Griffin campus. And uh, this man was telling us that, uh, like, you, like you said all the time, peaches are really hard to grow. But the way we're growing is, is not good. They use California. Uh, style to plant, uh -huh. but you cannot, you know, like from one state to the other. So those two men, they've been in in, in research for two years, and they were saying that uh, the old way to do it here is not to water before the third year. I was telling myself, maybe in California, but not here. 
and they were a uh, uh, trial on density. Density means are they better clothes, are they better apart. But then I go to the uh, farm on Lucas Grove, the, I'd kiss four generation peaches. Those older people, they knew that they plant peaches on little rock, on gravel, because uh-huh. I saw here uh, 13 inches of rain in one week for sure. This clay's going to do a lot of damage. Sure, sure. So it's really, it's really good uh, research because $53 billion worth of peaches. Is that how much Georgia produces every year? Yeah, yeah. It's a Only lot of peaches. Wow, I didn't realize Well, I think that. The, the, I had heard, and I'm really impressed, Nicole, that you went to see the research plots for the peaches there near Griffin because I had heard that we were doing some more peach research in Georgia, doing the, just as you described, trying to figure out what is the Georgia best practices to make the best, the, the biggest harvest on peaches. And I had not actually seen pictures, but I can visualize what you're talking about, of making sure, or of testing to see whether planting peaches close together, planting them far apart, uh, giving a big crown or a little crown, low-down trees or letting trees grow a little bit bigger, and how important that is to a peach grower because they need to know the exact way to make the most peaches they can to make more profit. So imagine 130 different kind of peaches. Boy, in the future, we're going to be peach heaven. I did not know there were 130 varieties of peaches i can you know name five on the back of my head but i can't name 130 wow that's a lot yes and those two guys they really they've been with uh uga for two years and they're just really um dedicated to this because the grow are pushing too i mean the the land is right there if yeah, you don't do anything it all grow back in three years you know and pine tree and everything else well, Middle Georgia used to be just, of course, we're the peach state. And so Middle Georgia, Fort Valley and all through Macon and over to the, uh, even towards Savannah, was covered in peach trees. And then there were a couple of freezes and maybe a couple of diseases that decimated the peach grower crop for a couple of years. And so all the production moved to South Carolina, moved over to California. And Georgia sort of fell by the wayside for peach tree production. But we have tremendous possibilities, just like you said, Nicole, we have tremendous possibilities in the environment for peaches to grow. Peaches can grow in Georgia just fine as long as we know which varieties and how to culture them and not copy anybody else's way of doing things but find out what works best in Georgia's environment and Georgia's soil. And uh, even Florida want to have a, a stab at it because they say we need to replace those orange trees. Yeah, so northern exactly. Florida, you know. I mean, that's the key to success in farming, it seems to me, Nicole, right now. Diversify. Diversify, diversify. If you are trying to grow one crop at one time, you have a hard time keeping that crop productive for year after year after year after year because the market's rise and fall and you have other problems with uh, a monoculture of plants but if you're growing peanuts and follow that with corn and follow that with soybeans and then if you have peaches and then you have some pecans maybe a couple of olive trees in there maybe some blueberries over in a couple of acres then that diversification actually keeps you more profitable year after year after year than trying to grow, to grow peaches only or blueberries only because we need to uh, we have a lot more people to feed in the future yeah, you bet. Sort of like the sort of like the United States of America. I was at uh, Duluth last weekend for the Duluth Fall Festival. I got to go, with Nicole, with this uh, comment. But Duluth looked to me like America. There were 
Hispanic and there were African American and there were white and there were just all sorts of Indian, Pakistani. There were all sorts of people represented at the Duluth Fall Festival last weekend. And when I looked out over the group, I thought, this is just like America. We're <laughs> diverse. We have all sorts of talents and knowledge and, and people that come to this thing. And uh, the same thing goes for gardening. We need to be diverse everywhere we go. And Nicole, it's great talking to you. I will see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. We'll see you then. It's 618. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be sunny today. Sunny. Sunny is going to be a beautiful day, but the great news, highs in the low 80s. Clear skies tonight, highs in the low 50s, excuse me, highs in the high 50s. And uh, fewer, fewer clouds, but that is about it for the weekend. No rain in the forecast particularly. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We've got Bob in Lilburn who joins us. Welcome to Lawn and Garden Show, Bob. The best time to water a fescue lawn during a drought. When you say time, do you mean during the day? What time? Yes. Well, uh, the first thing to remember is that we always, we're always, 100 percent, 365 days a year, always under the rule that you're not supposed to water a lawn after 10 a.m. in the morning up until 4 p.m. in the afternoon. That is the regulation that the State Department of uh, Right. Uh, natural resources has put up, but beyond that, my personal prefer um, uh, pre preference is to water fescue in the morning because then I know that it's going to dry off during the day. And there's not any chance of it being wet overnight because when it's wet overnight, sometimes diseases can set up on the leaves. So I think the time for me after breakfast uh, up until 10 a.m. Good. Well, I want to get your opinion, and I thank you so much. I'll give you one more bit of information, Bob, that I've heard before. Mickey, you may have heard this, too. People who say if you water when the sun is shining, it will cause the water droplets will concentrate sunlight on the leaves and burn the leaves of your... You've never heard that, Mickey? No. I, the main thing with me is to water longer, but not as often. Water deeply. That's a great suggestion, Bob. Make sure that when you water... You water deeply, measure it, get a couple of cans out there and see how much water accumulates in the can over 30 or 40 minutes. It needs to be around a half an inch to an inch at a time. So deeply, as Mickey said, but maybe not quite as often. Once a week is plenty fine for fescue once it's established. Once it's but after 10 o'clock, it's not supposed to happen. And before 4, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, not supposed to happen, according to the Department of Natural Resources. But At 628, we'll be back. We're broadcasting live this morning from Toco Hill Pike Nursery. We'll be back right after news. Stayed in your room. I saw the crescent. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. As you can tell, we're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill this morning. 
a great audience already building here, some of which we're sadly locked out <laughs> this morning. We forgot to unlock the front <laughs> doors. They're in now. And they're excited because they can register to win a trip, a free one-night trip to Chateau de Love. We've got a big pike pike gift bag, gift table, actually, is what it is, with <laughs> chrysanthemums and pumpkins and pansies and pre-emergent back here on the table. We'll give that away later on this morning as well. We have WSB giveaways and, of course, the main thing, plants for sale today. If you come to Pike Nursery, you want to see the pansies, you want to see the chrysanthemums, you want to see the all-you-can-take-home pumpkins, and all that is detailed in the newspaper flyer we had this week and online at pikenursery.com our number is 404-872-0750 first in line I'm, I'm, and i should say i'm broadcasting as i always am my friend mickey gasaway from pike nursery so let's get to the phones we've got paul waiting in line paul's out in conyers and paul joins us on lawn and garden get my little button here there we go hey paul hey hey uh, what what my question was walter i have some con trees and uh, they're dropping the whole nut before they actually mature all the way. Mm -hmm. And when you look inside the uh, the nut itself, it looks like the fruit is shriveled and watery. Uh, yeah. And I'm just trying to determine what's causing that. A four-letter disease called scab. Pecans are very susceptible. Some varieties, I should say, some varieties of pecans are really susceptible to a disease called scab. And the symptoms are exactly what you described, Paul. The, the shuck before it fell off the ground had lots of little uh, round dots all over it, black dots. And then it caused them to fall down to the ground. And when you open one up, thinking hopefully there might be a little pecan inside, it's right. all shriveled up and black inside there. So right. that is what you have is scab. And what can you do about it? I heard a guy give me an idea the other day that I think is worth trying. He said that he was going to, this next year, he had scab on his pecans, and I was walking with him underneath his pecan tree, and he said, next year, I'm going to get my pressure washer. And you know how you have a setting on your pressure washer that you can put soap through it onto the house when you wash things with the pressure washer? Right. I get my pressure washer, he said. I want to put some of the uh, uh, fungicide that's labeled for scab control, and I'll blow that way up in my pecan tree and see if I can control the disease that way. I wish you'd try that, Paul. I wish you'd try it and let me know because I have no idea if it would work. I have no idea how to proportion the fungicide uh, amount for, if it says one tablespoon per gallon, how much does that mean you put it to your pressure right, washer? Right. I have how no much knowledge. Pressure that. washer, yeah. Yeah, so try it and see, and then report back and tell us how much you put in there and whether it was successful or not. And and what time of year should you do that? Spring. Oh, man, it starts Spring. in one of those diseases. It starts with little bitty dots on the shuck when it's really early in the spring when they're about half an inch to an inch long is when scab gets started. And then it's only in the fall when you're thinking, we're going to have pecans this year, and mm -hmm. you don't have any because of the disease. Right, right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for calling, Paul. Yes, sir. Down in down in South Georgia, they have big, big machines, Mickey. They have they look like jet engines almost, and they have propellers inside. And I literally mean four and five foot diameter propellers on this big cart kind of thing that comes behind the tractor, and they uh, inject the 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 liquid fungicide, and then they blow them up into the trees. Wow. It is unbelievable to see how yeah. they treat the trees in South Georgia. And I think this year is going to be a big year, a good year for pecans. So all the pecan farmers that don't have scab in South 
Georgia. They're feeling pretty good about their prospects this year, and last year was not so good this year. Might be a lot better. Do Lynn, you know of any yeah. of the pecan trees that are more less susceptible? Yes, yes, as a matter of fact. In fact, that is a great question. Some varieties are more and some less susceptible mm -hmm. to scab. Um, Gloria Grande is less... Um, Stuart, let me think I'm bring this back from my brain here, Mickey. You know how it works at 630. Um, I've got a, tell you what, I've got a list of the okay. scam-resistant pecans at WalterReeves.com, and all you have to do is go to WalterReeves.com and type pecan okay. into the search line, and you can find it, which ones are more or less susceptible to diseases. Lynn is out in College Park, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Walter. I have yes, read your recipe and your gardener's guide that you and Erica wrote about the treatment of a daphne when you plant it. I have dug that monster hole and mixed up your <laughs> recipe for assorted everythings. Good. But you say I should mulch it with shredded leaves. Could I use pine straw instead? I don't know why I said shredded leaves. Why did I say that, Mickey? Yeah, this is dumb. I, I think it's pine straw, shredded leaves, pine chips. I don't see much difference between them, Lynn. I don't see why I said that at the time. I was younger and prone to mistakes, I guess. I'm having trouble hearing you. I said I don't think you need to worry about what you mulch it with as long as it is a mulch. Because pine straw, chips, is pine anything. straw because I'm cursed with too many pine trees, so I have an endless source. Use the use the free stuff, Lynn. You'll be fine. Well, I have a pile of old leaves, but I took it out to the lawnmower and shred them. That's all. They can do that flash too. With my decor. But <laughs> should I use two inches of pine straw also? I think two inches sounds about right. Yeah, not enough to mat down and keep water from getting to your pretty Daphne there, but a couple of inches well, sounds about I right. I've been fortunate. I finally had another bush die. I got rid of it. I can finally put one of those by the front door where it should yeah. be. Where it should be so you can smell it when it starts smelling in spring. Oh, I've got one on each side of the house, but they're too far away to smell them by the front door. And then this past... Bushes. This past Wednesday, um, I, on my way back from seeing my mother in Fayette County, I decided to go up Highway 92 to Union City, and I followed the railroad all the way from Fairburn, you know, where Highway 92 comes into Fairburn. I went from Fairburn to Union City to uh, East Point College Park, and then came on into downtown Atlanta, just following the railroad up and thinking about the importance of that railroad line to Atlanta, just because of the war between the states, of course. But uh, thinking how easy it was to know where I was, just keep the railroad line on my right and keep heading northeast. So that's what I did this past Wednesday. Went through College Park, a very nice town. Went by Rugby Avenue and saw Woodward Academy there and thought about all the kids that have attended Woodward Academy over the years. Well, anyway... I, was, I discovered Daphne's when we went down to Fort Valley years ago to look at camellias. Yeah. And I didn't understand what the aroma was because I knew it wasn't camellias. And we asked in the office, those are Daphne's. I said, oh. I'm anyway, standing here, or calls, sitting, I should say. My daughter, Mary daughter and I both refer to you as Uncle Walter, so <laughs> you are our guru for anything gardening. <laughs> I look forward Lynn to is... your Thursday column every week. It's great talking to you, Cousin Lynn. Tell, you, tell your niece we said hi. Most of the thing which is planted, and I'm looking forward to a lovely aroma by my front porch finally. Thanks for Thank calling, Lynn. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Debbie is in Toco Hill right around the corner, coming over here in just a few minutes. Hey, Debbie, good morning. 
Good morning. I am right around the corner, and we have a terrific yard that's really a moss yard as opposed to grass. Terrific. But there are places that I'd like to supplement it, and I'm wondering if you can give me a source that might be a great spot, or do I need to just nurse it along? When you say supplement, you want to grow more moss, moss is that right? Yes. <sighs> you don't find a neighbor who doesn't yeah. like moss okay. and get their yeah. moss and put it in. You certainly can't seal it from natural areas or places you don't have property permission to go over there. There is a place online that you can buy moss if you just wanted to see different species and what they look like. There's a place called Mossy Acres online that you could actually buy moss from. But I think your best bet, to be truthful, is the neighbor approach. To find somebody who has a lot of moss and is trying to grow a lawn instead and yeah. offer to dig it up for them. Okay. All right. That, I was wondering if you were going to say just go local like that. Yeah. It's really yeah. very unusual. It's very pretty. Um, so we've opted to just try to keep it going as long as we can. And it's um, that's why I was have you, calling. Have you heard okay. me talk about the uh, uh, using Roundup on moss, Debbie? We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And I'm glad to be back again. We had a slight transmission break there, but one of the uh, most frantic people in the world came in the front door. The post person, <laughs> the mail lady, was listening to the show. And she said, why do you put Roundup on Moss? I didn't get that part. You broke it right into Roundup on Moss. You put Roundup on Moss to control weeds that might cause the moss to die. And our caller wanted to know how to grow moss, and I was pointing out that you can get rid of weeds by spraying Roundup, which will hurt the weeds and won't hurt the moss. We're broadcasting live this morning from Pike Nursery in Toco Hill, where our friends are gathering this morning because they know that in just a few minutes the Chick-fil-A biscuits will be coming to us from the North Decay, North uh, Druid Hills drive through located by North Decay Mall. We also have lots of stuff to give away. If you want to come and register for that, we have a night at Chateau Elan. We've got a great Pike giveaway I want to say gift basket, but it's more than you can fit into a basket. It is a humongous table full of chrysanthemums and pumpkins and pansies and pre-emergent. It will all be part of what you can win this morning. We've got WSB giveaways. And, of course, we've got the beautiful pansies, pumpkins, chrysanthemums, Daphne's right over here beside us, camellias, glazed ware. We've got everything you need for a beautiful fall garden right here. Toco Hill Pike Nursery. Come see us. Bring your baggies full of bugs and weeds. Mickey Gasaway will welcome you with open arms and I will answer your questions. We'll be back after news. <laughs>